1: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. These are
0: the top three quarterbacks for week six of fantasy football. Hayden, this is exactly why. We prioritize elite quarterbacks, these three elite quarterbacks, because we're here, things change in the NFL, yet these three remain the same in terms of your projections. We get Josh Allen at number one against the New York Giants, Patrick Mahomes on Thursday night at number two against the Denver
1: Broncos, and then Jalen Hurts in the third spot against the New York Jets defense. Josh Allen sticks out the most to me, implied points, second highest on the week. Teams facing the Giants defense have chose to pass the ball at the second highest rate. In the NFL, because their pass rush is not getting home, they're de- second worst in sack rate. Their passing defense in the secondary has been exposed because they're starting two, not one, two rookie right. corners on the perimeter against Steph Diggs and Gabe Davis. Uh, doesn't really matter to me if if the tight ends are dealing with uh some injuries right now because all he needs is the deep threats and Steph Diggs and Gabe Davis. This is a layup spot for Josh Allen. Yeah,
0: 14 point spread implied just over 29 points. Like you said, the Giants are second in the NFL in blitz rate this season at 42%. And Josh Allen, we know, has been excellent against the blitz so far. He's fifth in yards per attempt with three touchdowns and zero interceptions with those. We always like to spend this amount of time that we have on Thursday night. Um Again, this Denver Broncos defense is historically bad. Patrick Mahomes, though, has just been the quarterback six so far in fantasy football. Is this the time to turn it around or is his supporting cast with a hampered Travis Kelsey and wide receivers around him preventing him from hitting a ceiling spot here?
1: So both Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are in the reps spot when you're just looking at EPA uh, for their team versus in the defenses that they're facing with Mahomes. Uh, I do think that Kelsey is not himself right now. I think we've seen that on tape for the last couple of weeks. He was limited in practice or DNP. So I don't think that Kelsey's at full health uh, and there's some wind in this game, like 18 mile an hour winds in the forecast oh. with some gusts. So this is like one of our first wind games that we're dealing with. But at the same time, the Broncos defense is absolutely terrible. They're also injured on top of it. Uh, Mahomes had 328, 352 passing yards with three touchdowns in his games against the Broncos Last year, this version of the Broncos defense is even worse. So It's a great spot for Patrick Mahomes. Will he actually have to be chased? That's kind of the question here. And I would not be surprised if Isaiah Pacheco really gets going because the Broncos are dead last against running backs by a very wide margin.
0: Yeah, we talked about that on the running back rankings and tier show, hopefully you watch that. Hopefully you watch all of our videos, especially when you subscribe and you're basically notified whenever we post a new video out there. Just quickly on this Broncos defense and how bad it has been. Uh, Broncos defense has allowed opponents to score on 55% of their possessions this season. A league high 39% of passing plays against them have resulted in either a first down or a touchdown. And the Broncos have allowed the most plays 15 or more yards at 48 already through five Jeez. games or 20 or more yards at 28 in the league the only question is who is going to get those in the passing game um it would be cool in a weird way hayden because none of these other guys have been doing it we yeah. saw it with justin watson last week coming like through with big catches down the field when they need him to maybe that gives him a bit more run even though i think he's like a linear type player yes. but then rashi rice and we even saw a little bit more justin ross who played a small amount of snaps but when he did play snaps just like all these other Chiefs wide receivers, when they do play, they get targeted.
1: I'll I'll meet myself after this. I will be playing Kadarius Toney Hires in uh, the pick and lobby just because, hear me out, the Broncos linebackers cannot tackle. How do you scheme it up? Scheme it up underneath, let like Kadarius Toney force and miss tackles. We've seen it many oh. times before. They're all injured still.
0: All right. Hayden in the Titanic. That is Kadarius Tony, the Totanic, some might say. Okay. okay. He's full <laughs> participant, at least on the Totanic. <laughs> Jalen Hurts, again, against the New York Jets defense, a Jets defense that is still good, Uh, probably against any other opponent. He would be projected for more than 24 points. Uh, This one is on the road Uh, right now. He's currently averaging a career high 252 yards per game. And this stood out to me, Hayden. The Jets have allowed double digit rushing yardage to every quarterback they face this season. And that includes Mac Jones for 13 Mm. yards. Russell Wilson, 49 yards. Patrick Mahomes, 51 yards, Josh Allen, 36. And so we could hit that near 70 rushing spot that we got from Jalen Hurts last week.
1: Yeah, I think the Jets defense is good. They're just not as good as maybe we were led on because their sack rate's only number 23 in the league. Their passing EPA allowed is 24th in the league. So it's not like the same caliber of defense that we were kind of projecting. And ultimately, Jalen Hurts is still getting all of the goal line usage. He's... The EPA on their pass attempts is back up after a slow start in the year, and he's still been a top three fantasy quarterback despite some kind of inconsistencies in the past game. So uh, you like the Jalen Hurts higher on the 44 and a half rushing yards, I see.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I just outlined it with all those other guys. Again, he hit 72 yards last week, and this is a spot. I don't know if it's the way Robert Sala's defense is playing right now or the linebackers trying to cover now Dallas Goddard and get some depth in the passing game. But they've definitely allowed lesser quarterbacks uh, in terms of mobility to rush for successful gains. OK, that means, Hayden, we jump it on over to the lockham N in tier in tier two. And that begins with Tua Loa against the Carolina Panthers, 13 and a half point favorites here at home. What could go wrong?
1: Uh, I honestly don't think anything go wrong here. That's what Mike McDaniel has been talking about. Uh, I mean, look at the Dolphins. They're just projected for way more than everybody else. And honestly, they would run more plays per game. They're down here in this this quadrant only because they're ripping off long touchdowns. Like the only fear that you can have with Tua is that they just run the ball so effectively that Tua himself doesn't get home. And that's kind of been the storyline for the Panthers. They're dead last against the run. Um, so they've been actually better. Like it's just funny to see. Like the Panthers are 31st against fantasy running backs, but sixth best against fantasy quarterbacks. I don't necessarily think that's sticky. I think you can kind of pick apart the Panthers either way you want because they're dealing with some injuries. Um, so yeah, I feel comfortable with two. Uh, just because the team total has my quarterback for Lamar Jackson is your quarterback five. This is at the Tennessee
0: Titans. Again, it's exactly what we spoke about last week, that Lamar Jackson is playing well, even if it's not showing up in fantasy mm-hmm. points or his completion percentage and all that kind of stuff. Tennessee's pass defense is awful. It's pitiful, just like what this Ravens offense was attacking last week. Um, yet, this team is only projected for twenty-two and a half and a half points.
1: Yeah, it's just because the receivers have been struggling so much, but... It's also a good spot to be facing the Titans because Jeffrey Simmons and Tier Tart both their defensive tackles, they're both on the injury report. They didn't practice on Wednesday. So that's something that that's going to matter. I actually think if those guys aren't actually practicing, that would matter a ton. I think that the Titans defense would like really uh, hit the panic button at that point. So I think Lamar Jackson's missing some throws. He's never a perfect quarterback, but he I think has command of this offense if these wide receivers can just catch the ball.
0: I mean, his fancy points would be wildly different if last week the 14 or 21 points is wide receivers and even tight ends yeah. left on the board uh, counted. And this team's also not getting into scoring positions as often as they should be. 21% of their drives, uh, excuse me, that's against the Baltimore Ravens, have reached the red zone. Uh, and I think to me, that points to we are, haven't had to get like a boat race Shootout style of game yet, like these have been lower scoring games because the defense has been playing so well.
1: That's my fear against the Titans, though, too. Like slow pace, the volume is just not going to be there.
0: And your point about the defensive tackles, I think, is important because we have seen, like, let's say against the Cleveland Browns, some awesome moments against pressure this season. But overall, Lamar Jackson, uh, when he's been kept clean, he's been completing seventy nine and almost eighty percent of his passes. That uh-huh. is third in the NFL compared to when pressured. That drops down to 40%. Yeah.
1: Something to watch. Just watch the left tackle play for the Ravens. He just doesn't seem healthy to me. Oh, Ronnie Stanton? Just like it's it's injury related. He's such a good player when he's healthy, but just watch him right now. He just doesn't seem like he's fully back.
0: Yeah. And this team has been in command of games. I mean, they've led for 58% of their offensive plays. That's second in the league. Second in the league. So maybe we get a better uh, overall second half when everyone can gel. And I finally learned like what a... Todd Monken offense is going to look like in the NFL now with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Okay, Justin Fields, Justin Fields, quarterback six. This is against the Minnesota Vikings doesn't fit the formula. It's at home, but they're only scoring twenty and three quarters points, and they yeah. are two and a half point underdogs.
1: Yep, this is a weird matchup because the Vikings defense isn't very good in general. They are like twenty fifth in uh, passing EPA allowed their 23rd against fantasy quarterbacks. Justin Fields has been playing his best football in the last couple of weeks against bad secondaries. Like we saw with Washington. My question for you, Josh is Justin Fields has melted under pressure. Yes. For example, they were 31st in success rate when against five or more pass rushers last year, they're 25th in points added per play against five plus pass rushers this year. Those are both from sports info solutions. And this defense, it goes both ways. They're number one in blitz rate. They're also number one in three-man rush rate. So they have this like fastball, and they also have this change-up to go on. Is this a kind of a spot where they're throwing so much at Justin Fields that they can't handle it because he has been bad against pressure? Or... Is it that you are leaving DJ Moore in isolation against these corners that have not been able to defend? So to me, this is a very boom-bust matchup. Like we can yeah. be doing this recap show, and I can see this he got sacked seven times. He never felt uh felt the pressure, or DJ Moore on these double moves is r- throwing long bombs. So I don't know exactly how to read it because he's been playing well. The Vikings defense isn't very good, but what Fields has been bad at is actually what the Vikings are good at.
0: Just makes me excited to see how it's going to unfold. It's basically what you're saying. I'm super excited for that. Will that pressure equal sacks or will it equal big plays? Because Justin Fields still has this tendency to have negative plays turned into awful plays. But I will say, when he is blitzed and they don't get pressure, he's been outstanding 8.3 yes. yards per attempt, four touchdowns, uh, and just one interception. And Chicago is averaging in the last two weeks 41 and a half yards per drive which is third best in the NFL over that time span. In the first three weeks of the season, it was just 22.4 yards per drive. So I know we got some cake matchups that we can eat off of. Right. And like you're saying, if they have a good plan, if the offensive line does its job along with the pass protection, this can also equal a massive outcome. Mm-hmm. But we could also get the polar end of that too, where yeah. if there is pressure constantly, it could be six acts in this performance.
1: Yeah, I think it's just a good, where are we at with Justin Fields' game here? Take care of business against a a defense which does not have that many talented players right now.
0: Fair. Okay. Matthew Stafford is your quarterback seven. This is against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, This pass defense is extremely passive. The Rams are seven-point favorites here with a total of nearly 28 points they're projected for. I mean, the Cardinals, again, defense, they are last in the NFL in terms of pressure rate. Last in blitz rate and 25th in rate of man coverage. And we know that if you don't pressure Matthew Stafford, he is going to carve you up with these three wide receivers right now.
1: Yeah, Cardinals have played with some fight, but at the end of the day, they're 29th in passing EPA allowed. And the Rams are playing really pass heavy. In fact, last week with Cooper cut back, it was their highest neutral pass rate of the season. I don't think that's a coincidence at all. Uh, it's going to be Cooper Cup, Nakua facing against two outside corners. Not their number one corner has allowed the most yards in the NFL uh, per PFF, and their second outside corner, you know, he's a six-round rookie corner. So this there's a reason why the Rams have the fourth highest team total on the week that's going to be through the air, in my opinion. So Matthew Stafford, to me, is firmly... A quarterback one. I would be surprised if consensus rankings are this much, this bullish on it, but I'm following the, the betting markets here. They're projected for 28 points. This could be a week where Matthew Safford has three touchdowns.
0: Yep. Totally with you on that. Love everything that you said there. Okay. Trevor Lawrence checks in as your quarterback eight. Finish out this tier with him. He faces off against the Indianapolis Colts. 25 points projected. Four point favorites here. This is at home. And Hayden, I feel like this is the earliest we've ever gotten. Teams that have already played each other yeah. now get rematches because they played each other in week one. And Trevor Lawrence balled the F out.
1: Was there anything that you that stood out on tape? I have some stats, but I haven't got to rewatch that game.
0: Yeah. And this stat will kind of lead into it. The Colts have allowed a gain of 20 or more yards on 18% of completed passes against them this season. That is 30th in the NFL. And when you go back and rewatch all of Calvin Ridley's targets, and I'll repeat this on tomorrow's mm-hmm. wide receiver rankings and tier show. Um, it was all single high and it was just over and over and over again. Uh, if you allow Calvin really to be isolated on the outside, he has not just the vertical ability, not just the ball tracking ability, but the separation skills too to, uh, create that sliver of space that Trevor Lawrence was firing into really tight windows and like their connection, I don't think has been better other than in London this past weekend compared to week one. And we'll talk about when we get to tight ends and some Christian Kirk stuff. But I think this is a huge Trevor Lawrence week. And I think this is a huge Calvin Ridley week. I know they've gotten like Juju Brinson there and a couple other corners, but this matchup on paper from a coverage standpoint and yeah. a one-on-one alpha receiver standpoint uh, is lighting my eyes up.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Colter, 26 against fantasy quarterbacks. They've allowed C.D. Stroud to pass for 384 yards. Matthew Stafford got him for 319 yards. Lamar Jackson had 30 fantasy points. Um, and then even going back to last year, Trevor Lawrence in the last three games against the Colts, he's completed 82% of his passes. So he's just been dicing up this defense. And this defense, like you said, just they got a, I would say, an okay front seven and a pretty bad secondary. So they're projected for 25 points. That's six highest on the week. It's time to get Trevor Lawrence in the lineups. And I wouldn't
0: expect them to all of a sudden shift into something else. Cause one, I think it's Gus Bradley still there. And two, um, if they do that, then Travis Etienne and this running game is going to smash them. And I'm yep. sure that they're a bit terrified of that right now. Okay, let's go to the next tier. believe this goes to Joe Burrow for you. Slight move up. Uh, he is facing the Seattle Seahawks, and it's exactly the formula. Home favorite by three points. Expect to score 24 points in this game.
1: Yep, and the Bengals have the highest pass rate over the last month, I think partially because Joe Burrow hasn't been able to go under center. That said, Joe Burrow says this is as close as he's felt to 100%. By far, that was his quote going into this, and I think that's what we saw on tape last week as well. The Seahawks have had allowed some huge games from like yeah. kind of in-pocket quarterbacks. Stafford, 334 yards. Jared Goff, 323 yards and three touchdowns. Andy Dalton, 361 yards and two scores. The only difference now, though, with, with the Seahawks, Jamal Adams should be back, and they're going to get Devin Witherspoon back into the starting lineup on like the early part of this, the schedule. So I think this is a good matchup still, even with those guys. Um, I'm hoping need, this can turn out into a shootout because both of these offenses play with uh a lot. They pass the ball a ton, they have some explosive play potential. Um, so I think I'm like kind of middling this with with Joe Burrow. The Bengals are only project for 24 points. That's a little bit less than the quarterbacks we've talked about just previously. We may have to fill out an entire
0: pick'em card for quarterbacks here. So we gave you the Jalen Hurts rushing earlier with his higher at 44 and a half rushing yards they've only played four games but the seattle seahawks so far opponents are attempting a league high 41.3 pass attempts against them and we know that last week as you said joe has been throwing the ball a ton it was at 46 attempts and we got 49 attempts against the Los Angeles rams right now his projection is just 36 and a half passing attempts
1: here antique I, like
0: I like the higher quite a bit um one final note Through the first four weeks, Joe Burrow was only completing, I think, 29% of his throws 10 plus yards or further down the field. Last week, he was 5 of 11 for 122 yards. Uh, And the Seahawks are allowing opponents to convert 52% of third downs so far this season. 52%. Mm -hmm. It's been bad. It's been bad. Okay. We continue on with your quarterback 10. That is... Justin Herbert Justin Herbert facing the Dallas Cowboys defense a once beloved defense has gone through some growing pains in recent weeks he is an underdog though here at home but they are a projected score, the chargers that is 24 and a half points
1: yeah it, I think he's going to ultimately be fine I'm kind of breaking some ties here because he has that broken finger it's non throwing finger but still makes me a little bit nervous on what the hell is going on with that situation Defense or offenses facing the Cowboys have also run the ball in neutral situations at the highest rate in the league. And Kellen Moore is known to, you know, go back and forth with how often he's going to pass the ball. We get Austin Eckler back, which is I think good news for Justin Herbert, but they could run the ball a little bit more than they have in the previous couple weeks uh, where they've actually been number two in in neutral pass rate. So I think it's a fine spot for Justin Herbert. I think the the digs injury makes the Cowboys a little bit less potent in the secondary, but the pass rush is still very good. So I think it's a good matchup. There's definitely some shootout potential here, as well, um, so I think he belongs in like the same tier as like these kind of in pocket quarterbacks that we've all been talk- talking about because they're all projected for twenty four to twenty seven points, and each one of them can get uh, catch some fire as well. Only one of them is dealing with a broken finger, though.
0: They are coming out of their bye. They get Austin Eckler back, and we think that Quentin Johnston is a flawed player, but he does have ways that he can win, and he has to be a starter now. You know, so getting that aspect areas where he does succeed coming out of a bye week I think would be a huge boost Yes, to Justin Herbert here. Because again, downfield playmaking, they have been lacking. It it has to be in a different way though, because Mike Williams wasn't always contested, but we have seen QJ drop those both in the preseason and this past week. And then low-key, Hayden, this is a massive Kellen Moore revenge game facing the oh, Dallas yeah. Cowboys. I'm sure he wants to put it up on his boy, uh, Mike McCarthy. We'll get to Dak in a moment, but uh, that offense is struggling. Yep, it is. Okay, I guess we will talk about him now. Dak Prescott is your quarterback 11. Talk to me. I mean, this is against a Chargers defense. 26 and a half points implied here. They're two-point favorites. So uh, why Dak lower than the rest?
1: They, I think they're just a little bit more susceptible to just running the ball a little bit more than we want to. And the explosiveness from Dak Prescott in the past game has just not been there. But... As you, as you said, the Cowboys are projected for the fifth most points on the week. I have a very aggressive Tony Pollard ranking. This is way higher than, than Dak Prescott has finished as a quarterback this season. The Chargers are dead last against fantasy quarterbacks. They could be without Joey Bosa. We'll learn more on his status coming off the bye week as well. So it's a get right spot for Dak Prescott and the entire passing game offense. But there has been some struggles here. It just seems like this entire offense is just Quick game, dink and dunk, nothing fancy, very vanilla. And we were hoping that Michael Gallup and Brandon Cooks would be able to take the top off of defenses. We would hope that Dak Prescott would be able to make some more plays now that he's multiple years off of that uh, ankle injury. But the fact is, through these first couple weeks, it's the lowest uh, rushes that he's had and rushing yards he's had. And everything just has felt so stagnant in this offense. I do think this is a get-right spot. But those issues have been true in most of these games. If you would remove a lot of those pick sixes, this offense would not be scoring as many points uh, as they have.
0: He is the quarterback 14 in consensus rankings. Again, you have him as the quarterback 11. And by the way, that along with Matthew Stafford, who's the quarterback 11 in consensus rankings that you have as quarterback seven are like the two action points. I feel like for you quarterback rankings this week. Um, And it makes sense from a Prescott perspective, a Dak perspective, because he's, has, I think he has not not finished any week this season higher than quarterback 17.
1: Yeah. Yep. It's been um, bad.
0: I will say, I think this is the, like the period of the schedule where they can turn it around. I have a couple of fun stats to throw at you, but first just narratively, they do get the chargers and the Rams after that's the Eagles, not so much, but then it's the giants, the Panthers and the commanders. Nice. So like these first six weeks of the season or the next six weeks could be very different than the first five weeks yep. of the season. Um, okay. Okay. This is the weirdness in second halves of season. Dallas has run zero offensive plays with the score within seven points in either direction. Wow. It just goes to show that they have not played a normal ass normal game so far this year. Yeah. I mean, every single game ends in double digits in either way. But it's not just that it's they haven't been close at all in the second halves so far and in comparison the charge on the the other end they've run 108 such plays in second halves this year so again they
1: can't dodge a a normal (laughs) game but for the other reasons you know uh yeah and Dak Prescott like you said the schedule is going to open up for him he also gets his entire offensive line back and healthy moving forward so this might be a good I haven't seen the pick them projections yet but my theory is we've seen Dak Prescott get absolutely ridiculed this entire week coming off of a disastrous game last week that it might be like the perfect buy low spot for mm-hmm. everybody. I have a massive CD lamb ranking. I have Jake Ferguson, top 10 uh, tight end. And I'm higher on Dak Prescott. So good get right spot, but it, he needs it because it's been bad.
0: Yeah. I mean, JT Sullivan just posted an hour and a half video only breaking down Dak Prescott on his Patreon. And my takeaway from watching the first 20 minutes was that this is a very vanilla scheme right yeah. now. And I think that that is trying to eliminate some of the interceptions that we previously got from Dak in other years, or maybe who's being forced to ask to do too much, mm-hmm. but in a way they're still getting the turnovers yeah. and nothing explosive off of it either. Yeah. Plus the red zone stuff has not been good. So, Oh, McCarthy, it's a bad formula. I think we have one more in this tier and that I is guess Kirk cousins. I asked that because it's Kirk cousins at the Chicago bears, 23 points projected here, two and a half point favorites. My big question with this is, the Vikings offense has been very functional, right? They've scored at least 17 points in every single game. You know, they're averaging 37.3 yards per drive, which is actually fourth in the league. Mm-hmm. And that's despite being a one in four team at this time. Yep. Now you take away Justin Jefferson from that conversation. Is it possible that quickly this goes from functional to extremely dysfunctional? And we can't really comprehend that until we see it.
1: Yes, um, I looked at EPA per target and yards per target um, with Kirk Cousins and obviously Justin Jefferson's in his own category versus like Hawkinson, Osborne, Alexander Madison. Like these guys are averaging like legitimately three yards fewer per target. And now you're asking them to win as number ones and number two reads instead of third reads down the field. So, yeah, I agree. It's it's not a good good luck for Kirk Cousins without Justin Jefferson. That said, I do think Kirk Cousins is a really good quarterback in this Chicago Bears defense. Is very bad. They're 30th against fantasy quarterbacks. They're 31st against uh, or in passing EPA allowed. They're third worst in sack rate as well. So this is just me like thinking that Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback against a bad de- uh, defense. And like T.J. Hawkinson and Jordan Addison, on the grand scheme of things, there are definitely worse number one, number two targets across the league. And I just have a lot of faith in Kirk Cousins in the spot. So I agree. And, and I, I think if Justin Jefferson was in, in this game, Kirk yeah. Cousins, I would probably have him ranked next to, I don't know, probably Matthew Stafford. So there is, this is accounting for that.
0: I like that. And that comment that I made probably doesn't apply to when you're facing the Chicago Bears, a team that has allowed 16 passing points in every single game this season, at the very yeah. least. Have you ever been on vacation after a long day of activities or sightseeing? You have a night in, room service, bathrobes, and television or movies. And when you're in a foreign country, you scroll Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming service you have. And you realize that the library of content there is so much larger than it is in the United States. You start a new show, a new series. And when you get back home, you realize... You now have to find that on a different service or pay for it in a different way. That is where Surfshark comes in. It's a VPN service that lets you virtually travel the world with a tap of a finger. You can go to Spain, Canada, Costa Rica to watch the content available in those countries. So you can try Surfshark today totally risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals underdog or enter promo code underdog for three extra months for free. You heard me right. Three extra months for free. That is surfshark.deals slash underdog. Okay. Next here starts with Jared Goff at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Predicted for a good amount of points. 23 and a quarter. They're three point favorites here on the road. The Great Richie Bar. We'll lead with this dad. Since joining the Detroit Lions, Jared Goff has now thrown 43 touchdowns in the regular season at home. That is the second most in the NFL during that span. However, when he's on the road, like he is this week, he's only thrown 14 passing touchdowns in that same span of time, which is 26th.
1: Yeah, it's it's certainly a worry. At least it's not tiny hands. Jared Goff, we're playing in Florida uh, in this game. Amon Ross St. Brown is supposed to come back in this one as well. Uh, teams facing the Bucks have the third highest pass rate in neutral situations. Um, that's kind of been a trend for the Bucks for multiple years. I think the Bucks defense is basically average in every single one of these categories. Like, like look at all this right here. So I think it's a fine spot for Jared Goff. Like you said, twenty-three and a half points kind of puts him in this tier. I am worried about the off uh, on off splits at home, um, but the team total is rock solid for like a super flex option.
0: Gino Smith. Is your quarterback 14 facing the Cincinnati Bengals only projected for 21 points um, have not been good on third downs so far this year. And Junior Smith has just one week higher than quarterback 17 in his opening four games, but they are coming off a bye, and maybe they can get their first round wide receiver a bit more involved.
1: Yeah, there's post by rookie bump narrative going on here. I'm watching uh, the Bengals injury report. One of their top corners was on that as a DNP on Wednesday. We'll see if he actually gets cleared for this. You hope that this can be two capable passing offenses going back and forth. But like you said, only 21 projected points. That makes him more of a quarterback two than like an upside kind of quarterback one option. So I think the Bengals are a fine defense. They're not like world beaters like they were last year because they've lost some pieces but Lou Anna Lou Anna definitely can scheme them up like nobody's business so a lot of pressure uh on the tackle situation for the seahawks and i think that's probably why geno smith's numbers are just a little bit worse this year than they were last year
0: all right if you're having a stream cj stroud might be an answer but he might not be i mean they're one and a half point Home underdogs, yeah. just 20.5 projected points here against the New Orleans Saints. He still has not thrown an interception. Uh, again, NFL record of pass attempts without throwing an interception to open his career at 186. I will add, this is a very similar defense to what we saw with Atlanta last yeah. week. And against Atlanta, obviously Tank Dell left with a concussion. Don't want that to ever happen. But Nico Nico Collins got shut down heavily. Um, it's A.J. Terrell and maybe get Marshall Matamor in this game. But just something to consider here.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think Saints and Falcons, very similar defenses. The Texans have wanted to run the ball every single game. I think they have the lowest oh. neutral pass rate in the league right now. But the Saints are second best against the run. So you would hope that they just say it just says, hey, we're going to pass the ball, put this thing on C.J. Stroud's shoulders but the saints are just a good defense everywhere like you said Marshawn Lattimore versus nico collins maybe that slows him down just a little bit uh but man cj stroud just playing like so good man like not even like on the rookie scale like he's just playing good starting level quarterback across the league and doing all the hard parts and that's been the exciting part for cj stroud so this is definitely to me a big tier break now we're talking about these quarterbacks versus that uh, third quarterback tier that we just talked about
0: Okay, let's go through it quickly then. Next is Sam Howell at the Atlanta Falcons. He now has though been the quarterback 13 or higher in four of his last five games this season. Hayden, it's one of those. Close your eyes. Yeah. Don't watch. Mike gets sacked seven times. But he's gonna run the ball. He's gonna figure it out in the fourth quarter in certain ways. Uh, I mean, the Falcons though have not allowed a
1: top twelve scoring quarterback. Yet
0: on the season, they faced Jared Goff, Trevor Lawrence, and C.J. Stroud also in the past three weeks.
1: Yeah, this is just going to be interesting, the sack rates here. We have Sam Howell on pace for NFL records, and then the (laughs) Falcons defense, who hasn't had a sack since I think I started doing fantasy football stuff about eight years ago. It's just been a kind of classic situation. This is a game, though, where like the Falcons can control the ball, and Sam Howell is just kind of a mid-quarterback. So maybe you move Howell up over C.J. Stroud, But this is like still a tear break to me because they're projected for 20 points.
0: This Brock Purdy ranking as quarterback 17 stands out to me because we know the 49ers put up a ton of points. Brock Purdy throws nearly two touchdowns in every single game. This is giving a lot of credit to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, They're on the road. The 49ers are. They're favored to win by six and a half. But again, the projected point total is just at 22.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, The team totals are in line with the other quarterbacks we talked about, but I think that disproportionately we can get rushing touchdowns in a game like this one. Obviously, we have like Denzel Ward versus Brandon Ayuk. We have Miles Garrett to deal with. Um, so it's just a lot to ask for on the road in Cleveland. Uh, the Browns have just been so good in every single category, and I think that's because new DC, lots of talent, offseason acquisition. So Brock Purdy's been stellar so far. This is a little bit of a tougher matchup for him. I'm just following the the team totals.
0: I found this tweet. Here it is. Bang. Kyle Shanahan has faced this is from Jack Hammer. Hopefully, this is real. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> he is. He's real. Jack Hammer is real. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan has faced Jim Schwartz nine times. Shanahan is one and eight in those matchups, and his offense has scored over 20 points just once. Wow. As the Falcons OC in 2016, Shanahan's offense averaged 34 points through the first nine games in Game 10. They faced the Eagles, Jim Schwartz's defense coordinator. Philadelphia had held Atlanta to just 15 points. It's the only time that season the Falcons did not score at least 23. Thank you, Jack Hammer. Jack Hammer.
1: Let's get him on the pod. I got some questions for Jack (laughs) Hammer. (laughs) Uh,
0: But I think, one, Vegas is pricing that in. They know Jack Hammer. Two... Um, there's also maybe some weather
1: factors going yes. on
0: here in Cleveland this weekend. With, too.
1: The whole, that whole part of the country dealing with some wins.
0: Yeah. Should we just go to like the, the, what you are doing tier for the rest of them? Uh, yep. I mean, I, I had some other guys up here, but let's just go through them quickly. Gardner Minshew checks in here, uh, that offense he's capable of running it, but it's very different than when Anthony Richardson does Joshua Dobbs against that same loss in his Rams team. Last week, he completed a season-low 47% of his passes, had a pair of interceptions Mm -hmm. through the air. Uh, And I will add that Brock Purdy, Geno Smith, Joe Burrow, all have had single-digit passing points against the Rams' defense this season.
1: Yeah, I think Gardner Minshew is actually a fun streaming quarterback. Uh, I think he's more than capable. The Jaguars' defense has been pretty mid uh, through the air. They're 27th in sack rate, 27th against fantasy quarterbacks. The Colts are projected for still 21 points. So the betting markets so don't think it's like that big of a downgrade as a whole. And it's probably actually good news for Michael Pittman in particular. And then, yeah, Josh Dobbs, it's a similar good environment for him, just because we talked about Matthew Stafford's ranking. We think that the Rams are going to go crazy here. And I think without James Connor, I think this Cardinals offense is going to change. And that's why I'm going to have a very optimistic ranking tomorrow on marquise brown but i think that dobbs in the good spot to scramble around and do all that type of stuff as well
0: so check this throughout the weekend right now the pickham projections are not up for joshua dobbs's rushing production and in fact after rushing for 40 more yards in the previous three weeks dobbs had just one rushing yard last week so that projection will probably be tanked a little bit but keep in mind over the past two weeks against the rams Anthony Richardson posted 11.6 rushing attempts, excuse me, rushing points. And then Jalen Hurts had 13.2 rushing points. So I really like Josh Dobbs, as you said, being and having a pathway in the rushing game. Uh, and yep. it's not surprising that he's volatile. Like, <laughs> I mean, yes, we I mean, we, we <laughs> thought there was no
1: ups. We thought it was going to be right. consistently terrible. There's actually ups here. So I think that after these, I, I, we, could, let's, we should put these two up a tier. Oh, give to these next guys. OK, well,
0: then let me just throw the other names up there. It's like Baker Mayfield against the Detroit Lions underrated. I'll call that still defense. Yep. Desmond Ritter, the Washington Commanders and names like Jimmy Garoppolo, Russell Whoa. Wilson, Derek Carr. Just take it. Where do you want to talk about of any of these names?
1: I'm not sure if I have anything to say about these. Guys. OK,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am intrigued by what we've seen so far with Baker Mayfield. It was that one game against, I think it was the Philadelphia Eagles defense where he didn't hit the same numbers that he hit in the other three games, which is the best in the NFL on third downs, the best in the NFL against pressure. The lines are sixth in the NFL in pressure rate at 40% this season, and they play really sound defense so far this year, like a legit, legit defense. And so, again, I doubt Baker a lot heading into this season because I've watched a ton of Baker Mayfield throughout his career. He and Dave Canales have been brain synced so far. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, so on and so forth. So we're getting them out of the bye. It still hasn't been a national conversation, I feel like, with Baker. But again, this is a really good matchup to to prove to me, just to me, that he's legit.
1: Their second and pass rate or uh, sack rate, the the Bucks. They're not, they are awesome at keeping him upright. And that's been a problem. No Mike Evans in practice. That obviously is a big deal because that's the explosiveness. Chris Godwin, I'm not sure, is going to be ripping off 50-yard touchdowns. Uh, Consistent player, but the explosiveness is, is not there in this offense without Mike Evans. Okay, we got two more positions to do. First is tight ends. Then we'll get the Sickos defenses. Um,
0: We've been going through these tight ends a bit more quickly. We'll lead this time with the top four names mm-hmm. at the position. Hayden, uh, it's Travis Kelsey, obviously on Thursday Night Football. Then it is TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, and Sam Laporta. Who do you want to talk about?
1: Well, I'm taking some lowers on Travis Kelsey tonight with the wind uh, and just he's been DNP limited, limited in practice on that ankle sprain. He's obviously had other injuries as well. Obviously still the quarterback one TJ Hawkinson. He was already the tight end two in usage over the last month with Justin Jefferson, who had a 27% target share, obviously in a much better spot in terms of volume. And the bears have allowed the fourth most receptions to the position. So I think that TJ Hawkinson, is looking very strong this week. Um, Like we said, with the pass funnel, that's going to work in Mark Andrews' favor against the Tennessee Titans. And then Sam Laporta, uh, I have his projection down a little bit than where I had it previously. You get Amon Raw, St. Brown back as well. But Sam Laporta, man, he can play really, really good football.
0: We hypothesized with TJ Hawkinson a little bit that this team might shift more so to 12 personnel. It was just at 17.5% through the opening five weeks. Uh, they paid Josh Oliver. It, you know, if you're Kevin O'Connell and you're deciding, well, do I want extra offensive line help and maybe six blockers in every single snap or like Brandon Powell to come in as my slot wide receiver? I think it's yeah. a fair question to ask. Um, T. Johnson did open with three straight tight end one scoring weeks of top 12. He's been in the tight end 29 and tight end 14 over the last two. I will add, though, the Bears have allowed a league high 85% catch rate to opposing tight ends so far this year. Kate Otten got there with six or forty one, Travis Kelsey 769 and one, and then Logan Thomas 977 and one. So yep. I like it. Sam Laporte is so good. And really is he'd be even higher on this list if the Lions weren't 31st in NFL dropbacks rates so far this season. You know?
1: David Montgomery's too good.
0: (laughs) Imagine if they threw more. Sam Laporte would get even more love. Okay. Evan Ingram is the next on this second tier. He's your tight end
1: five. Talk to me. Tight end two in routes run. Zay Jones wasn't practicing earlier this week. If he's out, that's good for Evan Ingram. Colts are eighth in receptions and yards to the position. And this is kind of where Evan Ingram's just been hanging out uh, for like basically the last like 12 weeks going back into last year. And we talked about, we liked Trevor Lawrence's situation this week. I do think that could uh, linger into Evan Ingram as well.
0: Yeah. I don't want to focus too much on negatives with tight ends because you can talk about all these guys in a negative light. Um, I will say that if they are playing single high, the Colts defense, that's going to put more players closer to the line of scrimmage on the lateral across the field stuff that they do with Nash. horizontal is the word I'm looking for with Evan Ingram. And um, that's been opened up since say Jones left. And over the last two or three weeks, um, I'll be interested to see if they try to force it. Force it in this game. Two guys who uh did nothing and then did a lot, Dallas Goddard and George Kittle check in as your tight end six and your tight end seven.
1: Yeah. Goddard's the tight end three in routes. He just wasn't getting any targets until last week. Was that squeaky wheel or was that because they wanted to actually get him going? Uh I think he's at least proven that he has an upside. It's been a long time since we've seen that. And the Jets have allowed the most fantasy points to tight ends. Now they face like some really strong tight ends, but I also think there's something to Sauce Gardner, uh like somewhat eliminating outside receivers and throwing the ball to Dallas Goddard. So there's an effect there. And then for George Kittle, it's a really tough spot just because I fear that he's gonna have to block a little bit more, kind of chip in against Miles Garrett. We've seen that happen uh before in the Browns. This is insane. They've allowed only three receptions per game to tight ends this year. So wow. it's not a good, it's not a good spot for George Kittle, but all all it takes is three targets for three touchdowns. We've seen that multiple (laughs) times throughout George Kittle's career. So I think most likely a bust week for him, but you can dream about a a boom week anytime.
0: Okay. You're tied in eight and you're tied in nine are Jake Ferguson and Kyle Pitts. Just taking this on over to the uh, consensus rankings for tight ends, Kyle Pitts down at tight end 13, Jake Ferguson down at tight end 11. It's almost like the Deandre Swift thing, Hayden, where People have been waiting for Kyle Pitts to do something. And now that he's done something, they don't want to react and rank him higher.
1: It is pretty wild. Look at this chart. And this is obviously because Johnny Smith's getting action too. But the the Falcons are number one in tight end usage by a mile. Um, and Kyle Pitts has actually been the number four in usage over the last month. He's getting all these deep targets that makes him boom bust, but there is a ceiling to chase, like we saw last week out there. So um I think it's a fine enough spot for Kyle Pitts. Um, and then for Jake Ferguson, he's a tight end 12 on tight end 13 usage over the last month of the season. But those have been crazy games and the Chargers have been shredded by fantasy tight ends. Like for example, TG Hawkinson had eight receptions and 78 yards. So I think it's a good week to actually like pay off with the Jake Ferguson love. It's been completely disastrous because touchdown drops and weird game scripts. But if things are normal, I think that Jake Ferguson projects well against one of the worst linebacker cores in the entire league. If you want to know more about Kyle
0: Pitts and how he had his best game since the 2021 season, Colt McCoy and I did a video on the Atlanta Falcons passing offense, Desmond Ritter taking a small step. Anyways, how they attacked, down the field with cow pits was so hot against the Houston Texans. And it was a bunch of these almost non precise routes that were he and Drake London working in tandem. Mm-hmm. Go and watch the video. I won't ruin it for you. I might even repackage it as a cow pits video in the future.
1: Well, the other thing they treat him like a wide receiver, like Johnny Smith yes. does like the traditional stuff. He's basically playing wide receiver on a bunch of these routes. Yeah. Commanders, Defense. Do You put Emmanuel <laughs> Forbes on Kyle Pitts, it's well, so Jover.
0: And the other part of this, too, is all of those were outside breaking routes and mm-hmm. many at the numbers or catches outside the numbers. Where do we just see DJ Moore catch a ton of passes, ton of passes. against yeah. the commanders? I might move him up. Other few names for you. Logan Thomas, as your are tied in 10. Zach Ertz, as your are tied in 11. Then Darren Waller, as your are tied in 12. Just quickly on Logan Thomas. I've seen this mentioned around how he's being... Featured heavily in Eric Bieniemy's offense, do not equate it to Travis Kelsey. Do not. Because <laughs> how he is running routes and he's not running these option or choices and it's not ad-libbing with Sam Howell. It's basically he's just a check down with all these vertical routes above him. And that's why he's mm-hmm. been getting it.
1: Yep. But at the same time, he's still the it's tight easy. end five in usage. Yeah. And even when he was hurt, Cole Turner came in and he was a tight end one. In usage. So I think it's just like them just like spreading the ball around. He's not, he's no Travis Kelsey can confirm that. I will say Atlanta has allowed the second most fantasy points to tight ends. Hayden Hurst had 41 yards in a touchdown early. Uh Laporta, 80, 84 uh in the touchdown. Evan Ingram 59. Dalton Schultz last week, 65 yards in a touchdown. And I think it's playing the same thing. AJ Terrell eliminates the number one. And then you have Jesse Bates also kind of bracket coveraging, hanging out over the middle, and they're actually not paying attention to tight ends. So that's kind of the game theory you can play with Logan Thomas and then Zach Ertz. Same thing we talked about with Josh Dobbs. They're gonna pass the ball more. They're gonna be trailing points. Uh Zach Ertz last week, 30 of 36 routes. He will be a PPR scammer this week. I'm actually starting him in the league. And then Darren Waller, new groin injury, expected to play. Uh, I need to see a full practice before I move him up.
0: Okay, Cole Komet, talk about running hot. Yes. He's running hot. Um, It's his third top six scoring week of the season. And when Justin Fields has been hitting the last two weeks, Cole Komet has been hitting. But the usage, anecdotally, does not equal top six.
1: Yeah, he's been the tight end 14 over the last month. I will say the Bears' neutral pass rate was at 38% last year, which is a complete joke. This year, it's at least at 47 percent so that's one of the highest increases from a year to year the bears are passing more this year and that's helping cole commit get home so i think it's totally fine vikings have allowed at least six receptions to three different tight ends as well so there is some precedent there
0: all right i'm just gonna throw all the other names up there like hunter henry and dalton schultz and tyler higby and there's even johnny smith and gerald everett talk about any of these names so we can get out of here and talk about some defenses
1: yeah, uh, waiting for Dawson Knox to see if if uh, Dalton Kincaid's going to be healthy. But all these guys now we're talking about touchdown or bust guys. I think Hunter Henry is my favorite of this kind of tier because the tight end five in routes. Uh, Greg Dulcich, I mean, good. Yeah, I, I want to ask
0: you no, no, no. We love our audience. Our audience, okay. they're probably big fans of Greg Dulcich because he's mentioned all the time on Twitter. Where would you put Greg Dulcich? Like right next to Travis Kelsey at the top? I'd say at least Travis Kelsey. Um <laughs> right behind Sam Laporta.
1: I, I will need to check. I'll update my rankings. I will I want to see if he was getting full practices or not. Uh mm. rem- as a reminder, the second Sean Payton came into town, he added about six different tight ends. So I do I do want to bring this up
0: because the reason why Greg Dulcich, I think, was getting some love from Peter Schrager heading into the season was because the Broncos at that time were not going to have Jerry Judy. So it was going to be Cortland Sutton, a wide receiver, and probably multiple tight end sets. Ever since then, we've seen this team, and I, I would like to bring this up um, use multiple receiver sets, some multiple tight ends, but no matter what. Adam Troutman is like the number one tight end on this team. They have to live, I think, live out of 12 personnel in order for Greg Dulcich to be a relevant thing yeah. and not have his opportunities suffocated by the third
1: wide receiver. Yeah, he was limited and then full participant. So, like, we'll see if he's out there. And also, remember when we talked about the Joker role for Greg Dulcich? Right. He said often, that's a running back in my offense. Well, your favorite player in the whole league, Jaleel McGawkin, there's <laughs> your new Joker. Yeah, yeah, Those, be. that's your new Joker. So we don't need the Joker stuff with Greg Dulcich anymore.
0: He should be everyone's favorite. Uh, yeah, the Broncos are in 11 personnel, 57% of the time right now. And in 12 personnel, 22% of the time so far. Yeah. I I, I need like, to expand to like 35%, I think, for Greg Dulcich to be like a legitimate, legitimate
1: He's Chica Quanco until proven otherwise.
0: Okay. Let's get into everyone's favorite part of the week. We have two minutes for you to do it. The Sickos and defenses.
1: Pretty hilarious to see where the Bills are. Uh, The Sickos chart does not know about the Bills injuries, but it also, I guess, doesn't really know about the Giants injuries. So they're my favorite offense. 49ers are in a great spot against backup quarterback Eagles, Dolphins, Chiefs, Ravens are kind of the the top tier streamers if they were available. Falcons, I think we have to start paying some respect to them, especially against Sam Howell. I think that's a well coached defense, and they've added a lot of star power. Vikings, if you're really desperate. Raiders, if you're even more desperate. And then obviously these are the teams that you should be dropping uh, already. I don't think that you should be starting like the Jets or the Cowboys. Right. So uh, this is the the sickos chart pressure rate leads to interceptions and that's leading to fantasy points.
0: There he is. All right. Thank you, producer weaves. Thank you to Hayden go and watch this week's scheme with Colt McCoy, because I think it'll shock you how fun and creative Arthur Smith's offense is. He just gets flack from people. But when Desmond plays at an average level, they do some fun shit.
1: Could they trade for Kirk cousins? This (laughs) offense would be so sick. Make it happen. Falcons.
0: It would be really fun. All right. For Hayden, I'm Josh up the Villa. We'll be back tomorrow with wide receivers and I'll be back Sunday morning for a Q&A show heading in to week six. Talk to y'all soon. See ya.